Welcome to the Synth and Electronic Music Show, brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here in Whitstable. My name is Peter Coitz, coming to you from the Sonic Shed. And I'm joined by co-presenter Kai Walpole across town in his polyphonic panis. Uh, hello there, Peter, from my uh, outer space synth cave. Well, I was saying that, we have a selection of sci-fi themed pieces this evening. Trying not to be completely obvious with the choices, but there's, uh, there are some classics there. Yeah, you can't you can't avoid the classics, really, can you, with, with the sci-fi stuff? There's so much electronic music used in sci-fi. Yeah, we could just do a sci-fi synth show every every week, really, couldn't we? You probably could, yeah, yeah, really. It's even a genre, isn't it? Space music. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm. Music from outer space. And it's like, a, it is the sound of the future from the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah even in the past, it was the future. Yeah. We're sort of uh, we're now at sort of a um, retro nostalgic stage with uh, synthesizers, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's funny I'd see people post on online now. They say, "Oh, my granddad gave me a synthesizer that he had in the eighties." I'm thinking, "Ah, oh, well, I must be getting old." <laughs> yeah. My granddad gave me a banjo, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I did electronic music on it. <laughs> Talking about the past, I haven't listened to this since I was at uh, school, I think. No, I, this was the only album I ever bought on tape, a cassette of it, and it screwed up. And then a few couple of years back, I was looking around the charity shops and they had the CD version of it. We haven't seen what it is yet. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Quite a lot of synthesizers in this, like CSAT and the, yeah, got uh, the Moog. Yeah, vintage stuff in it. Well, it wasn't vintage at the time. No, it was brand new then, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was a quite, quite a big production, wasn't it? I mean, oh yeah, yeah, massive. They did a live show of it as well, I think. Yeah, it starts off with the voice of Richard Burton. Oh, brilliant! No one would have believed in the last years of the 19th century that human affairs were being watched from the timeless worlds of space. No one could have dreamed we were being scrutinised as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility of life on other planets. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to ours regarded this Earth with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against us. <laughs>
Oh, yeah. That, that featured a lot of uh, stars as well. Uh, Julie Covington, uh, Phil Liner, and David Essex was in it. Yeah, very it's ambitious uh, ambitious mm. piece, isn't it? Mm. I'll have to listen to it all the way through again. Her strings sound epic and the synths are great, apart from... Only, and, well, the main nath bit, I'd say, is the uh, sort of panpipe synth sound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've got that motif that goes all through it, which is supposed to be the... I don't know, they're... Woo, woo, I think that's the Martians. Oh, right. Well, the Phil Lynott did, did the voice of the Martians. He did it. I'll have to listen to it again now. Mm. Keeping in the, the age of space, we've got uh, electronic space-age pop star Attilio Mineo. He wrote the music for the... the um, Plastic sphere elevator known as the Bublator. Oh, right, at the, um, yeah, it was at the, um, the Seattle World Fair. Win- yeah, World's no, Fair, that's 1962. Right, yeah. Winter in Space event, that's what he did as well. Yeah, this this track, there's, I've got two versions of this. This is the one without the, the sort of intro of the, the voice on it. This one's the, the pure music one as well, around the world, which is about man orbiting the earth. Loads of uh, lovely electronic sort of sounds on that, aren't there? Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. A mixture of the orchestra again. Yeah, yeah, but it works, doesn't it? To mix it up like that. Yeah, like that. I love mm. that. I think I think they probably had to satisfy the musicians' union by getting. <laughs> yeah. I know they they tried to ban a lot of stuff electronic music. They yeah. wouldn't. Um, I was reading a thing the other day. They wouldn't um, class certain sort of electronic music because music when they put it on films, I said it was electronic effects. Yeah, they've had problems with uh, with getting royalties and that from, uh, from electronic sounds. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't classed as music as such. No. Well, John Baker, he, uh, he sort of moved between the, the sound design of electronics and traditional composition. Yeah, yeah, he was a jazz pianist. Um, yeah, yeah, he was a sort of renowned jazz performer, but uh, also worked for the Radiophonic Workshop. I worked yeah. in that. And uh, this this one, this comes from a beat, I don't know if you remember it, Peter, there used to be a documentary, Man Alive. Yeah, I do, was, yeah. Yeah, and this was, I remember this one, it was a special one. UFOs, oh. people that sort of go out looking for them, things like that. Yeah. And he'd, he'd, he'd sort of a mash up of the Man Alive theme. Oh, right, with, a remix. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with, with um, electronic music, sort of, of his own composition. Oh, great. So, yeah, it's quite interesting, this one. It's from the John Baker tapes, this one. as well yeah I do remember that it was more brassy the original wasn't it sort of yeah 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 that's right yeah um, <laughs> was it an ITV thing I think it was an ITV thing I'm not sure no. I thought so yeah I yeah like Granada like I think it was, I remember it? made that mm. talking about um, you know sound design and composition I mean obviously the one of the earliest what the first purely electronic soundtrack was um the Forbidden Planet. Yeah, uh, sure. Louis and Bebby Barron, they made their own sound devices, didn't they? And uh, used Oh, yeah, tape. they were true pioneers for the point of, yeah, from the ground up, weren't they? And it was the only film they did, although they did a lot of things afterwards and they're still doing stuff. Hmm. Um, it was the only actual film soundtrack they did, and they were sort of typecast as a, as, as a sort of sci-fi sounding stuff. But, um, hmm. Played the original, the, the um, overture before, but this piece um, is, is, is it's called "Loving at the Swimming Hole," and it's it's got it sort of sits really nicely of sort of like sound design and and the music sort of thing. Mm. A lot of people use the Krell patch, don't they? In the, oh, in the they inspired loads of people to do the Krell. Mm. Yeah, but I think this one is it's interesting as well. It might, gives that really 
odd space and atmosphere. Mm. So this is a um, love at the swimming hole from Forbidden Planet. space it puts you in doesn't it yeah I had that sort of um, f- film had that sort of electronic music sort of motif running all the way through it didn't it as well in the background it could put you in the sort of place didn't it it's not uh, sort of like the natural atmosphere and it's not it's oh, kind no. of a, an internal atmosphere he produces mm. it oh. really did make you know really added to the film and the feel mm. of it I like the whole look of the film the sort of way it was presented as well it looked almost like a comic book, didn't it, itself, yeah. the way it was presented. No, they're, they're very brave doing that at the time. Mm. And uh, mm. you would have thought they would have, would have gone to, for a more conventional sort of uh, soundtrack, but uh, uh, people are still quite reluctant to do that sort of thing these days, even. They are, they are, yeah. As we'll find out a bit later. But before that, we have a bit of Daphne Oram. Yeah, a, a local sister with transistors, um, Daphne Oram. This Rockets in Ursa Major was, uh, she did a lot of stuff after she left the, B- the Radiophonic Workshop, BBC. Um, she did a lot of commercial stuff, uh, you know, for commercials. And this is for Nesty, apparently. But I don't know how it's connected with Outer Space. <laughs> but, um, yeah, she did a lot of stuff that went with, um, I don't even remember Nesty. I don't know if that was an American tea. <laughs> no. 
I thought I knew all the brands of tea, but there we are. Uh-huh. This was 1957, so very early one again. Using her ceramics machine, which was really a very early synthesizer, wasn't it? Yeah, using the sound from film. Yeah, so you could draw on the uh, on the actual film and uh, the uh, what do you call it? The light. So a photoelectric cell, wasn't it? Yeah, picked up the patterns that you'd drawn with a pen. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's an amazing idea, actually. It's something similar to the ANS synthesizer that we come across a bit later, but the um, so this is Rocket's Inertia Major, Daphne Orem. Sort of story going on there, wasn't there? 
We was. I can see the connection now. I quite, I quite fancy a cup of tea now. Thirsty <laughs> <laughs> work with that. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So you, you could see here the sort of link there as well with the with the Baron sort of approach as well, couldn't you? We're using the yeah, and the tape manip- manipulation. Hmm. It's uh, sort of occupied a similar sort of space, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Yeah. So I quite like to recreate that sort of sound really using a synth but it's you know using them as sort of fixed oscillators in a way another early pioneer in, in tape music and experimentation was uh, Otto Learning yeah yeah he's just the same sort of period really and he, he produced electronic music using those sort of techniques and also he did use uh, very early synths and things like that hmm. and kind of combined the um the techniques together, you know, the, the instruments together. Uh, so, yeah, he was a German-American composer and conductor. But, um, yeah, it's... Um, uh, it's a piece he's done that I've not heard and I'd like to get hold of called uh, Poem in Cycles and Bells, mm-hmm. which was uh, gargoyles for violin and synthesised sound. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Kind of find it, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, some of these pieces are not easy to find, are they? Surprisingly, no, they're not. It's, it's, um, I only came across him fairly recently, uh, probably through the show. Because I think you played one of his pieces. Yeah. Uh, some time back, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's quite difficult to track down this stuff, but uh, I will find it. So this is a fantasy in space, but yes. utter learning.
jolly time with his flute, wasn't he? That's nice, yeah. Well, combine the flute with sort of effects as well there. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Mm. Yeah, it's a great effect. Mm. Just to give that to sort of stuff in the background there as well, which was um, ground of um, electronic, uh, electronically inspired, inspired music as well. It's nice. Like a dub delay, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to play a Brian Eno track from uh, Apollo, one of my favourite albums. Brian Eno was involved in, in the uh, David Lynch version of June. Funnily enough, Toto did the whole <laughs> soundtrack, the band Toto. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. The one and only soundtrack, mm. but uh, Brian Eno did uh, one main bit. I don't know if he's involved with the rest of it, but um, the Prophecy Theme, it's called. Mm. Uh, Eno yeah. and Daniel Lanois. From the flawed uh, epic David Lynch movie. Flawed only because <laughs> Sting turns up in it. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it is all right. Yeah. This is uh, the Prophecy Theme.
easily have been on the Apollo album, couldn't it? It could, yeah. It was a lovely ambient sort of Vino piece there, wasn't it? Very, very nice, that. And it has that sort of um, that sound that's similar to what everyone uses at the moment, uh, that bloom delay effect when it goes up in pitches, up in octaves. Mm. It sort of has sort of multiple tails on it, doesn't it, on the, on the reverb on that? Where it's yeah. Sort of, yeah. A lot of it's using the even tide. Yeah, like a shimmer sort of sound, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But keeping with film in a in, two, in both in a way of producing the sound and from a soundtrack, um, I have the Edward Artemyev uh, piece from mm. the original Tarkovsky Solaris, and uh, yeah, he uses the ANS synthesizer, which is a Russian photoelectronic instrument that um, yeah, similar to the way I suppose. Aramics works with the yeah. electronic cells, and they had they had sort of sine waves drawn on on film, and it played that, so it gives it quite a um, sort of unusual sound. Yeah, because it's also kind of going to give it unexpected results if you're sort of drawing a an imagined waveform, isn't it? Yeah, well. yeah. Want to try and clone that one? Yeah, I wouldn't mind a clone of it. Quite like stuff like you need the bigger room or another house. Need a bigger room, yeah. I need that anyway. <laughs> yeah. I might try and make it into two levels and just crawl around in it. So from the um, Solaris soundtrack, this is this is Edward Artemyev's Listen to Bach the Earth.
whether the um, voices that we use on here in their synthesizer as well which sound sounded sort of unnatural didn't they especially, they did yeah especially the yeah. low ones hmm interesting well, yeah, it could have been processed mm. using it I don't yeah. know about yeah. actually what, what its capabilities of well yeah. remember our previous guest Steve Davis Moon was saying that he uh, invited Artemyov over didn't he for a oh yeah that's right yeah for, t- for a tea yeah. <laughs> mm. oh, amazing to meet him wow it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, another pioneer. So we have a track from Sublevel next. Um, a, I've got a couple of tracks on the show tonight uh, from um, a compilation album mm. that's a sort of tribute to Close Encounters, and a lot of the tracks involve the uh, five-note theme from it, you know, the do-do-do-do-do. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this one does, and uh, so does the other one. And this is um, uh, actually a sub level is a, a guy called Phil Heeks who's yeah. uh, written and produced this. And I uh, don't know a lot about him, I don't know with you two, Peter, but yeah. um, I think he's done quite a bit of, uh, I think he does more producing than production, you know, actually. But this is uh, written and produced by him anyway. And uh, yeah, this is um, coming soon, which is. Uh, yeah, it's got, got a bit of uh, vocal stuff in it as well. Interesting. Ooh.
It's interesting that there's a lot of uh, delays I use on that. And you know, it makes it's surprising how much the delay works. You know, it does a lot of the work. It's oh, quite simple yeah, sounds. Interesting rhythms, can't you use it sort of effectively? Yeah. Mm. Similar sort of um, use as, as what, uh, say, Daphne or Am or Otto Learning would do. And, oh, and, definitely. And yeah. Louis and Baby Baron. Yeah, sort of um, spreads the sound. Yeah, it, it does. It, you get a nice sort of. Uh, well, I think a lot of people use it. I mean, Tangerine Dream uses a delay a lot to that sort of effect mm. as well. Gives a simple sort of uh, sound and simple melody, extra rhythm and, and dimension, doesn't it? Yeah, and it can produce some quite unexpected rhythms. You think, oh, that sounds sounds better than the original, you know, mm. what I planned. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, continuing our space theme. From the album Cosmos, we have a piece by one of my favourite artists, Murkoff. It's from yes. Tijuana, Mexico, originally, based in Barcelona. It does a lot of sort of minimalist electronica soundtracks and uh, releases albums on the Leaf label. So this is a yeah, piece from that Cosmos album called Cielo.
really subtle sort of textures in that. Nice soft, yeah, rhythms and a sound a bit um, theremin-y sort of sound in the background. I don't know what they were. Yeah, there's a few little motifs in there. Like some of them were uh, sort of real instruments that were sampled, and some mm. some are sort of electronic, but a nice sort of uh, drifting through sort of drifting through textures and and melodies like. Yeah, it's really like nice. Dreamlike. So I used to read 2000 AD. I got it from the first. The first comic. Um, <laughs> I remember 2018, yeah. yeah and, um, Flesh, I used to like to read, it? Oh, yeah. I only stopped buying it about ten years ago. Yeah, Judge Dredd, obviously, was an iconic character that uh, wanted to sort of films. <clears throat> and uh, two of my favourite composers, Ben Salisbury and Jeff Barrow. Jeff Barrow is, from, is a drummer from Beak and from Portishead. Well, Alex Garland was uh, involved with the, the 2012 Dread uh, film. They were doing the soundtrack for this Dread movie, and, but it wasn't accepted in the end by the uh, producers. But they released it on their own label under the title of Drock, which is a Judge Dread sort of swear word. Mm. And it's very, a very Carpenter-esque soundtrack, very simple. They used the um, O-behind tube voice mainly, just that mm. one synth. Oh, right. And they also used the pull stretch on some bits. You'll hear that software that's time stretches sound. Mm, mm. You can make one second last a week. It's <laughs> wow. Such an amazing piece of software. So, anyway, this is, um, yeah, this is Lawmaster Pursuit. Drock, music inspired by Mega City One.
ended abruptly, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. <laughs> didn't catch you off, off guard, that one. Nice, I like that. Yeah, I'd love to see the film dubbed with that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen that for a long time, that uh, film. Yeah, it's a good it's film. Good. The second one is a really good film, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's quite gritty and true to the to the sort of comic. Yeah, yeah. The first one is, is very sort of Hollywood and it's got Stallone and his... And yeah. I know, I like, I like the second one much better. What was his name, the guy that was in... Um... Yeah, it was uh, Carl Urban who played Dread in that film, wasn't it? Carl Urban, yeah, yeah, he was very good in that part. Yeah, very... Yeah. I'd like to see the, another one made with him. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, I thought they were going to do a, a follow-up, but they never did. Mm. It's still on the card still, I think, yeah. Yeah, OK. So staying with the uh, sci-fi film soundtrack theme, we have a, a classic uh, Terminator theme from Brad Fiedel. Quite a groundbreaking uh, synth soundtrack, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah but, but, but the, the visual is very sort of menacing, wasn't it? I'll be back. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that mechanical sort of metallic beat there as well. Yeah. Mainly done on, on an OBXA, Oberheim. Yeah, it sounded very Obed. Yeah. And uh, another Terminator 2, he went onto the uh, Fairlight where he used those classic sort of, uh, sampled sounds. And they're very Carpenter-esque, I'd say. Yeah, I was thinking of that myself. Yeah, it could uh, have been the Carpenter one, couldn't it? Really? Yeah, as well as the uh, Drock. Mm. previous track but uh, seeing as we've had a bit of um, Carpenter clones in a way the last track uh, tonight is, is by John Carpenter it's not typical of his of his sort of dark minimalist stuff it's more anthemic and emotional more stringy based on strings mm. the film Starman it, uh, it's, a, it's quite a uh, touching film isn't it I mean uh, it's sort of enigmatic sort of yeah it's got that yeah so there's simple innocence of the uh, alien who gets mm. abused and yeah. and pursued similar to Close Encounters I suppose in that, th- that way in a way yeah, yeah. say that where the 
innocence is, is, is destroyed by uh, or humankind. Yeah. A bit like the 50s ones where whenever an alien comes, they get out the artillery to blow it pieces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a tendency for people to destroy things that will help humankind. Yeah. I remember this being quite an epic moment right near the end as, uh, what's his name, Jeff Bridges mm. dies. That's right, he does, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's, um... Yeah, it's a great film. Really good film. Jeff Bridges is always watchable, isn't he? Oh, he is, yeah. yeah. This is Starman by John Carpenter. written by Jack Nietzsche and mm. it's um, obviously uh, John Campbell's involved mm. I think he sampled his wife's voice for that piece on the no, right. yeah lovely sort of motif there isn't it it's is a really nice piece that yeah, yeah. I'll have to look at the, watch the film again because I remember it being a, a really good film I remember the bit when he first goes in the house he's trying to do expressions like in photographs <laughs> yeah. doing a oh, smile yeah. isn't he Go, uh. <laughs> yeah it's a love story isn't it yeah it is yeah so thanks again for listening. Yes, we've got to return to our home planet now. Yeah, the galactic travels and synthesizers. We're, uh, mm. I'm sure we have some more of that next week. Oh yeah, we've always got a bit of spacey music, haven't we? Always a bit spaced out. <laughs> it's all the tea I drink. Join us on the uh, Facebook group, Coastal Electronauts. Yes, please do. Yeah, have lots of uh, nerdy nothing. Post up any pieces of music you'd like us to uh, play of your own or any, any suggestions as well yeah yeah please uh, come forward with uh, anything any of your own compositions it'd be nice to include them on the show yeah our slot last week went down really well Had lots we of emails about that but until then we'll see you next week bye bye bye